spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. Waiting for the exhale. Just a couple of Radio Life partners hanging out on a Friday. Ken LaVica Live featuring Coquel. Subscribe to the podcast, will you? It is our gift to you daily because we love you and we hold you close to our corazón. Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Little bitty pieces in segment form or in full show form. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast. Download it now. Download it now. Subscribe to it. Again, Apple Podcasts. Or I'll find you. Or wherever we get you get your podcast. Or we'll find you in the most loving way, of course. By kicking you in the knee. <laughs> EDS Air Conditioning, they love you dearly. And I'm telling you, you've got to have a plan. I know that I, I beat it into your heads, but this is because, again, like seriously, it's danger time if in this weather, this ah. summer, South Florida, you don't have air conditioning. Especially if you have little kids like I do, especially if you have pets like I do. You got to have a plan, and EDS is my air conditioning plan. EDS is yes, edsairconditioning.com. You can trust them. They're family owned and operated. Ed Sasso, an authority in the business, residential and commercial needs, and they handle plumbing services as well AC and plumbing, service and maintenance, new system installs, indoor air quality, interior plumbing and water heaters, and maintenance plans. They know the area. They've been doing this in Palm Beach County for 15 years, and they set up their appointment windows around you, not the other way around, trying to make it convenient for you because you have a life to live, and you're the ones who are suffering in the heat with no air conditioning. Licensed and insured. They're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. That means that they are reliable and only deal with the best. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDSAirConditioning.com. 561-316-8799. 561-316-8799. EDS is yes. EDSAirConditioning.com. Paul George, what a bounce back last night. And Coquel and my Phoenix Suns with the broken-nosed Devin Booker. Uh, I'm kind of off the Suns bandwagon. Oh, what? You took one game and you're off the Suns now? <laughs> Chris Paul, what a jerk. CP3 comes back, but the Clippers do what they've done all postseason. They go down 0-2, and then they bounce back in massive fashion. They look good last night. Why didn't Booker take off the mask? Because uh, he has a broken nose. Does it, those things really protect you that much? Actually, that's a great question. I, I mean... I imagine they do. Since I guess if they're always wearing them, players always thinking them. Yeah, there has to be. Like, I don't know how you and I would come to the revelation that would change <laughs> the uh, the treatment world. These things don't actually do anything, <laughs> even though it's been tried and true for decades. But Ken and Coquel said they don't work. So, uh, we've noticed something <laughs> that the entire medical industry must have missed. He just he did not look like himself at all. He didn't look comfortable in his own skin. No, but it does. I feel like it does take a while to to adjust to your vision. You're constantly in your periphery. Have uh, the th- that mask. You see it. It's got to be a, a weird adjustment. I would think game four is going to be better for him than game three. He also looked very villainish in his mask. Yeah, like some guys, they just look normal. He looked really creepy. He did. He um, there was a little bit of a, a silence of the lambs to him. Yeah, right. That mask. I was like, is he wearing a mask, or did he cut off someone else's yeah. face and put it well, on? Well, what didn't help is that his nose is still a little bit swollen, so it almost looked like they mashed it into the into the <laughs> nose part of uh, uh of that mask. Uh, but Paul George last night bouncing back from the two critical missed free throws. But late he's been in playing game two. great. Is it really a bounce back? 
Is it a bounce back? Because he's been play, he just continued but to play great. Here's why I think it's a bounce back, okay? And I'm just going by me personally. If I, if me, did the equivalent of missing two free throws late in a game, in a massive playoff game, in a huge moment, I, two days later, probably still wouldn't have let it go. You're around me enough to know that if I think we have a bad show, or if I screw something up, uh, it takes a while for me to get over it, right? Yeah, and, you never get over things. You just walk around like a mother bleeper. Uh, uh, I, I, exactly. That's extremely well said. Uh, but this goes for every walk of life to me, uh, for me. Like, if I had a bad call play-by-play, or if I said something mean to one of my daughters, or I'm in a, a disagreement or a spat with my wife, like, it takes... You need some some time to let things breathe. And for me, sometimes I hang on to things two, three, four days. It's wildly unhealthy. I mean, it's really unhealthy. If I screw up something at work, I got to just hang on to it, hang on to it, hang on to it. I'm not sure that 48 hours removed from Paul George missing those free throws, if I've been able to do what he did, which was dominate that game and lead the Clippers to a win. Uh, I hang on to things, not necessarily grudges, but mistakes I make, self-inflicted wounds I hang on to for quite a while. And I guess I'm wondering, too, uh, how about everybody else? How long do you hang on to mistakes that you've made? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Uh, can you flush it right away, have a short memory, as coaches in every sport uh, like to spout? Or is it like me, where you hang on to something like three or four days, and um, if you are someone who has a short memory, I'll take any tips on how to let things go quicker. Because it is, I am an anxiety-ridden mess at all times, and it's not healthy. I get it. I understand it. But that's just me. It's how I am, and I'm open to changing it. Is your wife like your yin to your yang in that situation? Does she the opposite, or is she the same as you? Oh, no. she. Something happens, and uh, it, it also takes a little bit for her, or it takes a lot for her to actually, like, do the I'm sorry that's on me thing because a lot of times it's Wait, mostly on me. I know. Um, but what what sucks is that I will be dead set like that's on her, that's on her. She caused this, she did this. And then after I think about it, I'm like, you know what? I could have changed this. And then I'm the one who ends up apologizing for whatever the disagreement is. And that, that's how it goes. But I'm immediately uh, like, ah, I'm the victim. And then after I realize I've screwed up, like, four days later, I'm still like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, I'm sorry, and I can't let go of it. Yeah, I can let go pretty quick. Yeah? You I just can get just over move it? on. My wife is the opposite, though. That's why I was wondering. My wife's the opposite. She makes a mistake. She holds on to it for way too long. She made this one mistake six years ago, and she's still still getting her bad every day. Like, Is that, a, is that like a, a how you were raised thing? I'm the mistake, by the way. I, I, I was gathering that. I right. thought that that was inherent. I figured you'd throw the punchline out there for me and not leave it there awkwardly. No, I, thought, I thought that everybody uh, just uh. assumed that that punchline was going to be there. Uh. You could take it if you wanted. Uh, but is that like a... I, I, I like to follow the rules. I'm very safe from that standpoint. So if I deviate from anything... Uh, then I immediately feel like, uh-oh, I've wronged someone or altered a process, and then it sticks with me. Whereas I feel like you're, and I'm not saying this is bad, I actually envy it, you're okay like pushing the envelope and sort of finding different ways to get what you, what you want, or at least an ultimate um, conclusion, what you're seeking. I'm not like that. I'm just sort of, okay, I'll go along with it. 
Yeah, but then this is this is why I kind of look at it, things in that aspect of it's not so much pushing the line. Like I know I'm a pretty safe person. I know where the line is, and I'll never cross it. But I will if you if you establish the line is there. I'm going to get to that line because otherwise, if you just sit in the middle, you're just like everybody else. Yeah. You're not standing out in any way whatsoever. Yeah. The reason I was able to become a head football coach in South Florida, the Mecca of football, at age 27 with two years of JV coaching is because I didn't just do what everybody else did. I ran my own JV program like it was a varsity program, and we treated everything like it was a varsity program, and I did things my way. It sets you out and stands you above and beyond what everybody else is doing. If you're the same as everyone then how, why are you special yeah. to your employers? Why do they think they want you instead of somebody else? Because they can just get another you for cheap unless you give them something that says, huh, why does everybody keep being drawn to this person? Um, from a mental standpoint, this is why I think football is such a difficult sport. Because if you screw up, say you miss a kick to lose a game, or you drop a touchdown pass, or you throw an interception, or you miss the tackle that leads to the go-ahead or game-winning score, you can't immediately just get back at it and try to atone. You've got, se- in most cases, seven days where you have to sit and stew on it. And that's got to be so mentally taxing. And that's why, for me, I take FAU losses very seriously. I've been around that program. I love that program. You have relationships with the players. You have personal relationships with the coaches. And when they fail, I fail. Feel it, even though I'm just calling the games. I'm up in a broadcast booth. But then I'll talk with Willie Taggart, and it'll be a Tuesday. We're doing a coach's show, and he's like, hey, short memories, we're on to next week. And I'm sitting there, oh, my God, I haven't slept in three days because all I keep going over is the final two and a half minutes of a game I wasn't even playing in. But why? How do you do that? But why? What's going to change by you being stressed out? But it, it's, it's the what-ifs. Like, I suppose I live in what-ifs. That's why baseball's great. That's why basketball's great because in baseball, chances are the next day, maybe even the next afternoon, you get a chance to atone. Basketball, maybe the next night or two nights from then, you get to atone for that. But football, you have to sit and soak in your failure for seven days. Not really. It gives you seven days to learn from that opportunity that you had and and didn't do right. Now you have a new opportunity to learn from it and get seven days to improve it. Figure out what you did wrong, get in the film, and say, hey, this is why we lost. What can we do to be better now? It is a, it's an opportunity. I mean, it is astounding. Without failure, you're not going to get better. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear <laughs> how little uh, competitive sports or uh, how, how low the level was of competitive sports I actually played because I am so mentally fragile that, <laughs> I mean, there is no... <laughs> Maybe I've just failed too many times. It doesn't bother me, but for real, though. Like, but is that, that is part of the learning process. You're not you're going right. to get better. You're not going to improve your program, your players... They're not going to get better unless they have these failures. Because I guarantee if that same thing fell the other way, but they were sloppy in it and they just got away with it, come when that situation happens again, they're going to be even worse because in their minds, hey, when we play sloppy, we're fine. So now it's, hey, here's the teaching tool. You didn't do what you were supposed to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday last week. You were sloppy all week. It caught up to you on Friday or Saturday, depending on when you play. Whereas opposed if you win and get away with it, they're going to think, oh, we could just be sloppy again. I just I, I I can't wait for FAU football season to get back going, but I also dread it because I know there are going to be those weeks where me personally, though, if if there are losses, especially tight losses, and that used to be uh, a trademark of FAU football. 
losing games that they had won before Lane Kiffin showed up and the the culture and the the success of the program changed. But if there are those games that are close losses, I know I'm going to lose sleep over it. And I, man, it's tough to know that's coming. But that's what's so impressive about someone like Paul George and elite athletes is that Paul George, I mean, that was brutal, missing two free throws in a game that they could have won, and then the Clippers not executing correctly on an improbable inbound to lose that game, and then he comes back, and the team as a collective comes back, and they really were in no threat last night against the Suns. That's just really impressive mental stuff right there. I try to tell athletes that I've coached before, you know, the, those nervous moments that everybody's like uptight, like you're thinking on the foul mm-hmm. line, why are you nervous? If you miss those shots, the sun is still going to come up tomorrow nothing bad is going to happen except for you lose, right? Yeah. But if you have the opportunity to win the game for your team, you have that joy and elation, and you have that feeling of greatness that took upon you. But the bad isn't really bad unless you make it bad in your mind. As long as you did your best and tried your hardest and went out there and did everything you needed to, all right, it didn't fall your way. No big deal. It should be an excitement, not a nerves, not a nervous situation. How long does it take you to let things go? Any walk of life. How long does it take you to let things go? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. What's coming up this weekend? Well, good news. We've got a list for you with some Stormhouse Brewing. What's on tap when we return? He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063.